language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. Can you imagine what it's like to be an ace pilot? This is your chance to make that dream come true. Woo! All right. Welcome, everybody, to Star Wars From the Back to Tank, the Resistance Edition. All right. I'm Michael Flores. Most of you probably know that by now. And in the studio, nude as usual. Pretty soon, I'm going to end up suing him for sexual assault of the eyes. <laughs> David Sabal. Hello. Back to Tank was very snug this morning. Yeah. Look like there might have been some shrinkage as well. Are you cold <laughs> over there? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. All right. So episode 18 is what we're going to be talking about today. Titled Disappeared. The synopsis, Kaz and Tora investigate the disappearance of a friend. I was kind of hoping he was dead as well. <laughs> I don't really like that guy. Hype. Directed by Sergio Paez and written by Stephen Melching. All right. So Dave, how are you today? Doing good. I actually, you know what? The longer that the resistance has gone, this uh, second half of the season, it's been getting better and better. That's the that's the strange part about like this past episode. I was expecting them to take a step back, but in actuality, they kept going forward. Yeah, and I liked I liked where it was going. Yeah, I like you. I kind of was like hoping they go a little darker, but. I think keeping it ambiguous as they did, I think that was actually probably a smart move. Yeah, you're talking about with the death? Yeah. Yeah, not letting us necessarily see people die opposed yeah, to just seeing them just, they disappear. Just get taken off the platform. We don't know what happens to them. Yeah, so. I'm not holding out any hopes for this show to be dark at this point. Like, I just want a show that has some good writing and uh, that feels like Star Wars. Not every show needs to have that dark element. Yeah, I think that's the the one thing that I took away from this episode, too, was the fact that our hopes that they would really go down that mature path that, you know, Clone Wars did. Clone right. Wars did it. Yeah. And they did it successfully. But Resistance and Rebels did it as well. But I don't I, I just don't think every show needs to be the same. Yeah, I think Resistance is we got to remember that this was made for a di different demographic. And what I mean by dark versus mysticism, I mean, let me clarify, like because I know people have, said, have probably heard me say that I feel like we should definitely maintain the mysticism of Star Wars. And absolutely. But I'm talking about the darker elements that did, in fact, become a part of Clone Wars and even the later seasons of Rebels. And no, even in the in the first in the early yeah, with the with the Inquisitors. I was saying even the first season as well, with how the Inquisitor essentially just murdered his own men. <laughs> I I don't mind things like that in Star Wars, obviously. In fact I prefer it. I'm 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 an I'm an adult. I don't mind having some mature scenes. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think every show needs to have that. I, as we have said since the very beginning of Resistance, all we want is a show that we can sit back and enjoy for what it is, 
And even though it is a show essentially made for kids, it doesn't mean it needs to be stupid. And so far, they have really, really turned the show around since the second half, which we have droned on about for the last, what, five, six episodes. Yeah. Now, that being said, this week was not the season finale. Dave, a couple days after our show last week, the wikis were updated with more episode titles and an increased count. Now, I feel like it's safe to say that we have three more episodes left. Judging on the upcoming titles, episode 19 is titled The Descent. Episode 20 and 21 seem to be a part one and two titled No Escape. So three more episodes before the season finale, Dave. Yeah, that's uh, a lot can happen still. There's still a lot that could happen. We know that basically at the end of this episode was left on a cliffhanger. That I like that, too. We finally got Kaz to come face to face with at least one major villain, which was Pyre. And talk about Kaz finally taking like not just not just getting smarter now and realizing that he needs to take this mission by the horns. But now even this week was the first episode where he straight up defied you know, Yeager said, I'm doing it. I'm doing this. I don't, I don't care what you say. This is what we have to do. Yeah. And he, he lost all that silliness, all the, you know, the buffoonery. And he was serious and actually in control for the first time. And that was definitely a welcoming sight for our lead this week as well. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. That was one of my favorite scenes in the episode because not only was it the acknowledgement that Kaz is maturing, but it was also... The fact that Yeager was accepting the fact that, you know, this is Kaz stepping up now. And during the first part of the uh, half season, Yeager has treated Kaz kind of like he was an idiot and a rookie and he doesn't know anything. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. This was the first time that I ever saw Yeager basically take a step back and basically say, okay, Kaz, it's your call. Go for it. Treated him more like a peer opposed to like an underling. Yeah, and especially when Kaz came to confront him about everyone disappearing and Yeager's like telling him, no, not now, don't bother right. me, and he's yeah. banging on the door because Yeager is planning his own thing. And I actually like that reveal, too, that basically, okay, we know that Yeager and Doza are on the same page, and they were also planning on trying to figure out how to get the First Order off the platform. Yeah. Yeah, it's an, it's unfolding, man, and I really do appreciate that this week the episode did not lose its momentum. It ha- it's maintaining its its direction, its pacing, and it's taking us into direct conflict with the First Order. Which it should. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's what you've been working towards, and, and now we're, we're, we're reaping the rewards of that. I mean, Doza probably wishes he could go back and do it differently, probably at this point. I mean, honestly, he should have known better, especially being a part of the Empire at, at one point in his life. Yeah, and it, it was obvious that he does realize that, but it's also kind, kind of like of the like, lesser of two evils, right? He's kind of pushed into a corner. Yeah, he's yeah. pushed into the corner, and just like what he like told his daughter is like, daughter. I had to make daughter. that decision because not only are all these people uh, 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 out uh, uh. Up for <laughs> up, uh, in danger, but the main weak point to Doza and I like the fact that in this episode, he just comes out and says it. The weak point to him was like he was more worried about his daughter. Yeah. And that was something important in their relationship throughout the entire thing is kind of like Doza has always been that secretive parent. 
But now seeing him come forward and basically tell Torah, no, I made this decision because I'm trying to protect not just everybody, but in my, in my heart, I'm trying to protect you. Yeah. Because he knows what the first order is capable of. Yeah. I think it's um, definitely a good decision that the writers made, you know, kind of having Doza be the one to make the mistake of essentially leading you know, are letting the devil inside. Essentially, it seems like the writing team was definitely hinting also at the possibility that Doza and Yeager have a connection, as we saw towards yeah. the tail end of the episode. The thing I was surprised with with this episode is the the treatment of Tam so far, though, because like Tam is still that person that says this is all about security. It's about, you know, like keeping everyone safe. So let the First Order do their job. Yeah. And stuff. I was really surprised that even up to this point, I'm not surprised. They're still treating this as that. And, and Yeager and Kaz are still kind of like not telling her the full truth. Oh, because they can't trust her at this point, would you? With how she is talking and acting, I mean, would you trust her? I wouldn't. How, how do you trust someone who's, who's continually showing support for the opposition? Maybe at one point, Yeager might have included her, maybe even Kaz, but she's not really showing that. She can be trusted. Imagine if they tell her what's going on and then suddenly everybody on that platform knows that Kaz is a resistant resistant spy. spy. I mean, the jig is up. But I have more on that in a second. But first, I want to continue this thought on on Yeager and Doza. I'm hoping that they do, in fact, show or build upon a potential connection between the two. Especially knowing that Yeager fought for the Rebel Alliance and Doza fought for the Empire. I mean, that would make for a very interesting story and maybe even have a lot to do with the fact that Doza is no longer a part of the Empire. Maybe this relationship between the two of them, maybe they found each other during this war, became friends and... And basically, Doza left the Empire because of Yeager's influence as a as a rebel member. I mean, that would be actually I think that would be really smart. It would feel really seamless when it comes to the story. It doesn't require the audience to think about the logic of it all too much because it just fits. It would actually make a lot of sense and it would add layers to Doza and just make him that much more complex because so far, I mean, we I think we can be honest about this. He's he's kind of wooden. And 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 not that he's not interesting because he is he is very interesting because of what they are building around him. Yes, but it's time for him to act now. Like, and if there is a relationship between Yeager and Doza, it's very easy character development that I couldn't imagine the writers not going for. It, it seems like the the type of usually I'm against low hanging fruit, but it seems like that. It seems like this is one of those instances where you can, you know, go for the low hanging fruit because it just works. So it just feels right. Oh, yeah, it, it feels right. It's almost like when I saw that team up of Doza and Yeager in this episode, I was like going, this is like harkening back to those old 1950s war films where you have like the one character who is on the opposite side of the uh, opposite side of the the hero and everything else. Think like Casablanca. And you have that. I don't want to think about that racist movie. <laughs> the racist movie. The, you want to. You want to think about that French resistance fighter, but also we oui, we. Oui. There's the the one uh, French lieutenant who's like best friends with everybody, and and he's working for. He wants to. He's working for the Nazis, but he still is best friends with that uh, that French resistance fighter. 
Yeah. And it's like it, th- those those types of those types of uh, character arcs are always interesting. Are always interesting. They're, they're complicated because they're yeah. complicated. The best relationships are the complicated ones. And honestly, throughout this entire season, Doza's been one of those characters that is probably one of the most complicated. I would agree with that. He's he, interesting. That's why we don't. We only have. There is a lot of mystery around mystery. his character, and same thing with Yeager. And that's why the two of them. There's a reason why we are drawn to those characters because they're purposely drawing us to them with these choices. I mean, it could really work out to be pretty cool. With I mean, Yeager alone, they've been slow playing his character all season, and this could also just help kick him into action as well. I mean, he's already started to become more involved because of Kaz and and realizing that the First Order is in fact a threat. I mean, way back in the, what, the first episode of of the season, he didn't even believe the First Order were, was really a threat. Yeah. So th- it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out for sure. But I do think that this is going to, you know, I think this is going to affect the whole Tam situation as well. As you had mentioned just a few moments ago, I don't see the Tam situation playing out very well, meaning I do believe she will end up going. I believe, Dave she will end up going full first order. She's becoming more and more militant. Plus when someone feels like they are excluded from the group, it can cause a form of radicalized behavior. Just take a brief look for a moment at, I mean, history people like Tam are easily preyed upon by people looking to manipulate and turn people against each other. I mean, we also had that recruiting scene this week in the episode I mean, do you think there was more to it than simply finding a way to get Aunt Z in trouble? Or do you think this is a way that they're they're dropping those breadcrumbs so that it won't be such a shock when we're like, oh, shit, Tam just joined the First Order. It'll be more believable. Yeah, I think it's you actually see that happening? more like, yeah, more like the breadcrumbs happening because like Tam is one of those characters that she's a really moralistically, she, she seems like the most nicest of characters. However... She's black and white, Dave. She's black and white. She's very black and, and white because she sees what's in front of her. She's like, well, and that's it. Yeah. And she says, and that's very black and white. It's like, well, what I'm seeing is this. Never mind all the, the rumors and the hearsay and the history of, of the empire. Never mind that. I'm basing this solely in what I'm seeing. And it's like the whole, uh, her reaction to hype. It was at first I'm like, going, well, that seems, well, actually, no, she does have a, have a point about hype doing that like when they say oh hype just took off and told nobody because you know hype uh um that's who hype is and she basically she did have a point pointing that out because the first time we meet hype he's all about himself yeah but okay so you're you're saying that she's cr- creating justifiable excuses, excuses or logical excuses yeah well, logical but that's excuses. why she's dangerous she's yeah. dangerous because she's literally looking for the, I don't even know if they're logical decisions at this point. I feel like they're biased decisions because she is team first order. First I don't order. think, yeah, I think she, I think that's the, I feel like that's exactly what the writers are trying to do. They're trying to show us the differences in people's personal politics and, and most politics, as we have said numerous times on this show, it's subjective. Politics yes. is subjective. It's based on how you were raised, where you were raised, who raised you, your upbringing. Uh, and Tam has already stated that she has had good experiences with the Empire. 
Uh-huh. That is going yeah. to be a big part. And I feel like it would be honestly fantastic if they were to make her bad. That's but, why, but, that's... but justifiably bad. Like not because she's evil, but because that's her politics. And then maybe down the road, create the story arc where she realizes she made a really bad mistake. That's why uh, when the, when the cliffhanger happened, I immediately thought to myself, wait a minute. How does yeah. Pyre know? Yeah, she, she told I was him, like going, She told she, him. It has to be Tam. Yeah, it, she told him. In the next episode, we have to find out that Tam ratted out Cass. Yeah, that's where I was going with this. I'm I'm fairly certain that's exactly what they're going to do with it. Um, But outside of Tam, I would like to see some of the people on the platform and... Excuse me. Uh, I would like to see some people on the platform, some familiar faces join the First Order. I mean, just... I mean, I I feel like it just adds more legitimacy to what they're trying to do with the show and the occupation of the platform, because usually the first thing occupying forces do is they attempt to recruit from within, create discord by turning the people against each other. I mean, the whole snitch person, see something, say something that what the the whole isn't that the whole propagandic slogan? Yeah. You know, see something, say something, something, say something. Yeah. And the fact that they were totally against the fact of Doza's thought process was I need to actually in the very beginning of the episode Doza basically wanted to keep morale high right. with everybody else so let's do the races First Order is like going no no no, yeah. no no let's disband the racers We th- it's a security problem and that's what I liked about Pyre is like Pyre sticks to his guns like yeah, he's like going, I don't know so, so far Dave um I don't know. I don't care if I don't know if I care about any of them. The bad guys. The bad guys. Not they're, they're just so blah. Like at least yeah. the Inquisitors and you know from Rebels and Thrawn, they had personality. They had you know they were there was a sense of individualism which made them more interesting. When you have just a bunch of villains with helmets, it's not personal. And I just I, I'm like, eh, well, okay, whatever. Well, the- it would be interesting to learn more about these characters and not to create sympathy. I like I don't feel like we need to justify bad, you know, villainous behavior. And also we've done that already with Kaz, having people turn in their way of thought and become good. But it would be better, I think, to if they took the helmet off. Yes, it kind of goes against the whole um individualism like that's the entire point if you remember even in first order you're not supposed to take off your helmet you're so yeah. not, you don't have an identity you don't have a name you don't have a name so i understand that but that also makes for a very blah villain i know that's the Do tough you, part. like they're cool dave i mean i mean they they that's very george lucas where hey it's cool stylized cool helmets and and awesome you know flair and the the the, the cool gold uniform and the guns I mean, and the red, the red Baron pilot, it's all snazzy and, and flashy, but outside of the flashiness, it's superficial. I don't really necessarily care for superficial villains, especially in Star Wars, because our villains in Star Wars have never been superficial, even with some of the issues that people may have with the prequel series. I mean, Anakin's fall to darkness was very complex. Yeah, that was very complex. <laughs> I mean, and also the character development in the Clone Wars TV series is is fucking extremely complex. I think that's the, that's I'm glad you brought that up because it's been something that's been bugging me this whole season. Actually, not just in Resistance, now that I think about it, mm-hmm. but in, in the new era of Star Wars in itself. The way that they portray the First Order 
I've always felt is very, just like what you said, very superficial. There's nothing. We just, well, there's not enough. There's not enough of them. There's there, not enough villains with faces yet. There's not villains with faces. David, name me, name me four villains from the First Order with a face. With a face. Hux. Um, we haven't seen, we didn't see. Dave, uh, name me four, quickly. That's the only one. That's the only <laughs> one I can think of is Hux. Exactly, dude. I can name three. Hux. Kylo Ren. Snoke. Kylo Ren. Yeah. And I think the funny part is now that I think about it, when you brought it up, I think that's what they're trying to do with the first order. You know, like I, that's take, valid, Dave. I, I was to, thinking that too. Take into example. No in individualism, yeah, right? No Group individualism. Thought. Yep. Think of what Star Trek did with a very superficial villain in the Borg. No individuality. There's basically yeah, just a high that's vitality. A, but that's a very intricate idea with what they were trying to do with it, though. And, yeah, it wasn't the, super. It wasn't a superficial idea. The concept for those villains made a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and, if, and had a lot of real world political relevance. If you think about it, I know there's like little breadcrumbs throughout, just not in Resistance, but in like how, like in Force Awakens, how they talk about brainwashing and programming. Yeah. And, and all that. And you're right, Dave. You're not wrong. Well, it, you. It sounds like, just like what you said, they're trying not to give the First Order any individuality because if you think about it, in the if I was thinking about this as the First Order, the one thing that what do you led mean, to as the, the First Order? As the First Order, okay, as, as a group that is coming out of the ashes of a fallen empire, uh-huh. what were the flaws of the empire? If you think about the empire, they all had dysfunction about about them there's all these like remember we always talked about the empire there's a hierarchy and everyone's trying to take out everybody else it's competitive competitive yeah and competitiveness comes from being individuals you want to be you want to be better than the other person that's what the emperor wanted the emperor wanted almost like a sith mentality yeah within the empire and those are the people he would surround himself with the winners winners. he would pit people against each other and the winners would become his his leaders. His leaders. Now, now the First Order comes from those ashes, and they're going, well, this dysfunction led to our downfall. Let's get rid of all this dysfunction and just say, individuality be damned. You are going to be programmed. This is what we, we think. This is who we are. You are not a face. There is no ranking. You are not better than your superior. I mean, have you noticed that Pyre, there is no dysfunction between pyre phasma and uh von reg no nothing like i'm better than you that we've seen in the empire dave okay let me stop you right there and say that that might be the best thought you've ever had on any of our star wars discussions because you just won me over like you're you took all the logic of force awakens every it's very logical conclusions because everything we've seen in force awakens and the last jedi would would specifically state if you want to dissect it, you would prop most people would probably come to the same conclusion. So you're right. And that, and in that, let's go with that line of thinking. I'm okay with that because yeah. I didn't have an issue necessarily with necessarily with the villains. I just would feel like eventually it, we should learn something about them. And if that means that we learn that that's in fact the ideology of the first order, that all individualism has no place in the first order unless you're one of a very a select few 
then yes, I, I think that would be pretty, it makes pretty me, cool. It makes me really, when I thought about it last night after I watched this for the second time, it made me really think for the next movie, episode nine, if they continue Finn's story, do you think that they would touch on that? I hope so, Dave. Because I mean, that was Finn's, That's that was the whole thing about Finn's story arc. And honestly, Dave, I don't even know if we really need to learn about that in the sequel trilogy. We don't, I mean, it would be nice, a comment or so, but I think we already got that. We already understand that's what the First Order does, right? They take children from birth and and essentially brainwash them and indoctrinate them. So if we build upon that in this TV show or other tie-in media, that that will, I feel, do the trick. Yeah. Because we already, they already stated that pretty essentially. But if that's what they are, in fact, I would love to see them build upon that whole idea with, with books and comics and, you know, future TV shows that that is exactly what the first order does because they realized what the ultimate problem with the empire was. Or I just thought of something. Okay, Dave, come on. For this Hold episode. on. Don't destroy your th- good thought. No, no, now, no, no, this no, one no. might be really bad. And then this might be, this might bring be you right back bad, down to zero. But this might make sense for this episode. We were like saying, well, they never really came out and said, where are they taking the prisoners? They're taking these prisoners off planet. Yeah. How how scarier would it be instead of like me and you have been saying, oh, these people are being killed off. They're turning him to first order. They're turning him into first order. Yeah, I could see that too. Brainwashing. Maybe not the aliens. They seem to be oh, a little no. more. I would, I would, I could picture them doing that. I mean, if the brainwashing technology, we don't know about it. Can I brainwash um, Sonara? Be like, Sonara. <laughs> Use the slave layer. Use outfit. the force. <laughs> Of your tongue. <laughs> that is so inappropriate. Hi, David, highly inappropriate for you to say so. Please, that was not me that said that. That was David. As I can give you his address later. Okay, let's take it back to the immediate story this week and the whole first order of recruiting. I'm thinking for sure, if anyone's gonna turn bad on this on this boat, on this platform. I'm thinking Kaz's arch nemesis, that blonde douche kid that wanted member <laughs> to be, that he we wanted. We haven't to, seen him in a while. Yeah, he wanted we? to be an oh. ace pilot, and now he's a janitor cleaning up piss and shit. I mean, that's enough to radicalize anybody. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's enough to radicalize anybody. Uh, and that character was also voiced by Elijah Wood. Do you remember we said when we had found out that Elijah Wood voiced this random character? We were like, we were like, what? Elijah Wood is probably the biggest name now that you've attached to the series and he's playing some rando character so it made me think well okay obviously they may have a plan for him and that's why they ch- they cast elijah wood to voice this character do you remember we said do you, yeah. do you remember that we said that yeah okay so maybe he will be one of the first people as well to start this you know youth group this nazi youth group essentially I could. T- can you not see that character? I do could that? see it. Yeah, I could definitely. I mean, especially see it. he's blonde and blue eye. I mean, he's, <laughs> look at you with your blonde and pearly whites and blue eyes. You're perfect for the first. Time. You look like a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> You're perfect. Yeah. So whatever they end up doing, I'm sure we're going to see something like that next week. Uh, they were arrested as well. So I mean, it brings up a question: Who turned them in, or did the first order figure something out on their own? We will see. All right. So patreon.com slash rain man digital pledge. 
If you pledge $5 or more a month to our Patreon page, you gain access to that much more Star Wars content every single month. Anywhere between two to four to six sometimes additional pieces of discussions from comic books, books, various other Star Wars things. Also, we're going to be trying some new things. We're going to be reviewing possibly some Star Wars board games soon, uh, bringing in some of the guys from our our network's tabletop gaming show and having them uh, kind of detail or outline some new upcoming Star Wars games or some updates to Star Wars Destiny. Things, those are all things we like to do on Patreon. So patreon.com slash Digital and head over there and pledge. All right, so Dave, I did have in our show notes this week to talk about the prisoners and where they were taking them. So I'm going to scratch that right off our list there because you jumped the gun with a great <laughs> idea. Yet another one, which actually would make perfect sense. And now I want that, Dave. You pitched it. You sold it to me. And now I want it. <laughs> you want it. <laughs> okay. So this week they mentioned Takadana. I was so excited I, when they when they said that. I was too. Aunt Z said she had a friend on Takadana. I can only imagine it's Maz. It's Maz. It yeah. has to be. Because like Maz is like I was, after they mentioned uh, mentioned Takadana, I'm like going, we're gonna see Maz in Resistance, and it makes sense. Well, maybe she was actually on board the platform when they called her in the Last Jedi. Yep, she was shooting a bunch of rando creatures, so exactly they could make it work. They have to explain where that'd Maz be pretty was. cool. And I think that that would be a nice explanation. And I, I do. And this is definitely a fan want. And I'm going to say it now. I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to be a Star Wars baby and say I would. I need. I need to see some Maz because I loved her character, and she was one of those, probably one of the most interesting characters that they introduced in the Force Awakens and kind of fizzled in the Last Jedi. Unfortunately, with a very, you know, kind of useless, pointless part i mean even the whole code breaker thing didn't amount to any story it just kind of fell apart so they didn't use her and there's so much intrigue and then you find out about those behind the scenes that they are the uh, scenes they cut where she was supposed to use the force to put to save solo and i believe chewy and ray from the caverns that were being bombarded by first order fire yes and they were supposed to be surrounded by First Order troopers, and we were supposed to see a scene where she f- essentially defeated them with the Force. So it will be interesting to see what they do. Hopefully they don't retcon that original idea, because that's what made Force Awakens that much more interesting and intriguing, was because they set up the groundwork for things bigger than just the Jedi. Yes. And that was the whole point about Maz, from the get-go, that we always thought was like she was supposed to be well, this character that yeah. wasn't a Jedi, wasn't a Sith, but she was force sensitive. Force sensitive, like the tip of my penis sometimes. <laughs> so stupid. Get some blue milk on it. Oh, what? Blue <laughs> milk? I think, uh, I think that might be the clap, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. The more I learn about you, Dave. <laughs> I'm actually, though, really looking forward to seeing what type of connections they make with the current sequel trilogy. I feel like right now, that is the most exciting part of Resistance, waiting to see how it all connects to the bigger story. Yeah, and we still haven't gotten that famous scene in the trailer yet 
So but we're not to that calling point. it a famous scene already. It is. I think it's an iconic scene in the new trilogy. Iconic. The- I would definitely say iconic. It will be. I think in years to come, that moment in Force Awakens where Hux, Hux delivers that delivers. fucking amazing speech. Man, that guy's underrated. He is just so undervalued in Star Wars. You know, people scream about, oh, Rose de- deserves attention. I'm sorry, dude. I don't care if Hux is a white male. Okay, I'm sorry. Good acting is good acting, and the actor that portrays Hux is fucking good. He is freaking awesome. And, and I, the fact that he was regulated to comedy relief in Last but, but Jedi. But you know what? And yet even the comedy relief aspect, I still liked him in Last Jedi. Yeah. You know, there's something about him that he sells that that role. I did like him better in Force Awakens, though, I will agree. All right, so... That pretty much concludes this week's discussion and breakdown on Star Wars Resistance Episode 18. Dave, give me your final thoughts before we end this shit show. Final final thoughts on this episode. I thought it was a really strong episode. There's uh, we, we didn't even cover the fact that CB2E was fully, fully introduced into this uh, episode. And she's they really did a successful job portraying a different type of droid. Like I thought it was just going to be a carbon copy of BB eight, but CB 22 E is actually, she's shown that she actually cares for Kaz. What about CBD oil? CBD oil. <laughs> is that, is but, that a name of another droid and a marijuana droid <laughs> to get you high? Oh, dude, that'd be kind of cool. A green droid instead of a black droid. CBD like droid. First, first order droid. Dude, the next droid should be like CBD 69. Like, whoa, look at them. <laughs> what is that attachment? <laughs> you get high and you get 69? Shit. <laughs> Sign me up for that droid. <laughs> so overall, really good episode. I'm I'm actually looking forward to the final three episodes and that two-parter really has me excited because I want to know are we going to actually see Kaz witness the destruction of his home world? I hope so. Because if we do, I give this an A+. Plus. <laughs> Why do we like evilness to happen? Like, I just make for better stories, because right? Because when I, you have a goofy character like Kaz, you have to have him destroyed. Wow. You want, <laughs> I want to destroy his soul. I want, I want to destroy people's happiness. <laughs> I am unhappy and everyone else should be happy as well. <laughs> You're such an evil person. <laughs> All right, that concludes our discussion this week. People, please head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and add us to your feeds, your favorites. Give us thumbs up, and wherever you can, give us reviews. Let people know about our show. That's the only way we can grow. I mean, yeah, we do have some marketing dollars coming in through various revenue streams, but hey, the more you can help us, the more we can do. I mean, it would be ideal for us to do you know two three shows a week but we just can't do that because the manpower and money that it costs to produce each and every single show i mean the studio ain't cheap the equipment ain't cheap power is ridiculous when you're running a full studio so help us out as well go to patreon.com slash rain man digital thank you thank you may the force be with us oh, yes.